And what is the Biden administration doing? Changing the definition of words. Engaging in the full-on Orwellian erase, erase, and create new content, new vision. You see, you you think that two-quarters of negative GDP growth is a recession because, well, that's what it's always been. But <laughs> you silly, silly little rascal. That's not the way it is. And that's what the Biden administration has been saying. The Biden administration has been very clear to this idea that somehow what you and I and rational people have accepted as a recession, well, that's not it anymore. That doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, those definitions are ridiculous ridiculous definitions this was jared bernstein one of biden's economic advisors uh just a few days ago stating quite clearly that you don't really know let me let me let me try and explain to you What's going on? Fears that there's going to be a recession. That next week, the Commerce Department is set to release a highly anticipated economic report. And analysts project that right. um, it could show the second quarter GDP numbers um, and decline. So that would be two in a row. And and technically, a way to define a recession is two consecutive uh, quarters of declining GDP numbers. If that happens next week, if those numbers come out and reflect that, will the White House uh, view this country as being in a recession? And if not, what then would the White House, um, what would the definition be for the White House of a recession? So these are these are great questions. What will the definition be? Well, in fact, that question is answered, but it's very obscure. So the National Bureau of Economic Research has a group called the Business Cycle Dating Committee. I know that's a mouthful. Yeah. I'm sorry on a Saturday night to be taking people through that. But they're <laughs> the group that decide whether in a, we're in a recession or not. And they do so in hindsight because the data come in with a bit of a lag. Now, to help people understand about this, we wrote a blog. We posted on the uh, Council of Economic Advisors uh, website uh, late last week that people can find where we talked about the fact that in the first two quarters of the year, the first half of the year, where we have data, uh, if you look at the variables that the Business Cycle Dating Committee uses, uh, they tend to look pretty good. Consumer spending, as I mentioned, I quoted something from a bank call that was just from last week, so that's pretty up to date. Blah, blah. Wait a second. Why are you putting out blog posts? Blog posts that are meant to do what? Change the definition of recession. Okay, but I took away from your long answer, just to be precise, uh, if, if the numbers come out and decline next week, the White House will still not consider this country being in a recession. That's what I've heard no, no, from th- you. If that's what you took away, let me clarify. Okay, because um, what I heard from you was you're going to take the other definition of a, of a recession. It's not a definition we're taking, that the official uh, business cycle dating committee. They're the ones who declare a recession, not the White House. And they do it after the fact because the data come in uh, months and quarters later. So what we will do is we will look at the data that the business cycle dating committee uses, retail sales, consumer spending, yeah. payroll employment, industrial production. We'll look at every one of those variables and tell you where they've gone. In the first half of the year, they, they look to us and to most other okay. economists inconsistent with recession. But This council, this National Bureau Bureau of Economic, I forget what it's called, the NBER, they'll decide a year after we're in the recession, we're the ones who decide when we're in it. 
But the administration is trying to say that two quarters of negative GDP growth, which is the definition of recession, is no longer the definition of recession. You listen to those answers, the blah, 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 blah. The purpose of that is to try and talk you out of the room. Oh, I can't listen to this anymore. We don't have an option. We have to listen to these things. We're the ones dealing with it. This administration is more than proud, more than ever, to lie. You know who actually is engaged in some honesty? Some of the media. Some of the media is down with an honest conversation right there. The latest inflation report showed no sign of relief, up 9.1% in June. Americans are paying more for rent, food, clothing, and fuel, though gas prices have dropped 68 cents in a month. They're still $1.17 more than a year ago. Instead of maybe just running to the supermarket like two and three times per week, I'm more conscious about trying to get everything in one trip. The Fed chairman has insisted the price hikes are not sustainable. We at the Fed understand the hardship that high inflation is causing. We're strongly committed to bringing inflation back down. Late Monday, more evidence of the inflation effect as retail giant Walmart said Americans are changing what they buy. More groceries, fewer big ticket items. A recent survey found 58% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. For some, We were told by the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, that household balance sheets were good. That was NBC News with the statement that 58% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That is absolutely not what we were told on the Sunday shows by Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary. So someone lied, and I'm willing to state quite clearly that it's Janet Yellen. If you tell people that household balance sheets are strong, you're not being honest. It's necessary and appropriate, and um, we need to be growing at a steady and sustainable pace. So there is a slowdown, and businesses can see that, and that's appropriate given that people now have jobs and we have a strong labor market. But you don't see any of the signs now. A a, a recession is a broad-based contraction that affects many sectors of the economy. We just don't have that. Consumer spending remains solid. Um, It's continuing to grow. Um, Output, industrial output grown in uh, five of the six la- uh, most recent months. Um, credit quality remains very strong. Household balance sheets are generally in good shape. That's what she told Chuck Todd. But as we just heard about Walmart, people are changing what they're buying. Consumer spending is not necessarily solid. They're spending more for less things or more for the same things. And now they want to tell us recession isn't recession. By one common definition, writes the Associated Press, the economy shrinking for consecutive quarters, the U.S. economy is on the cusp of a recession. Yet that definition isn't the one that counts. 
That's the Associated Press telling you that the definition of recession doesn't matter. And then there's Paul Krugman, the Nobel laureate, saying ignore the two-quarter rule, the two quarters of negative GDP growth. We might have a recession, but we aren't in one now. The media got the message. You've been engaged in too many conversations about the facts. Start talking about what we, the Democratic Party, want you to talk about. Recession, stop it. Don't be silly. A lot of hate. So much hate. And you know what the answer for some people is about the recession? Which, well, is, is here, right? If you want to go by definition, you wait for the GDP numbers to come out, and that's fine. I think people, it's, it, it, it's so much that consumer confidence number. Do you feel good? Do you feel like you're getting your money's worth? And the answer is no, you don't feel good. And no, you don't feel like you're getting your money's worth. That's a, a bad economy, folks. You can listen to the White House or you can listen to your own mind. And I think you should listen to your own mind, your own reality. I think that's what you should listen to. That's what matters most. And what people are doing is they're saying, well, if I win that mega millions, I won't have to worry about any of this crap. That's true. The Mega Millions is $1.02 billion. It'll leave you $600 million, $602 million is the cash payout. You, you take the cash payout, by the way. Producer Ari, you don't take the payments over time. You take the cash payout. Thanks for letting me know. You take the cash payout and you do your own investing. That's how that works. I'm learning. With uh, the taxes taken out, it's like $450 million. And you never have to think about inflation again. You'll only be thinking about where do you take the private plane. And for the record, I win. Daddy's going to have a private plane. Now, I haven't decided if I'm buying my own or if I'm just going to kind of like, you know, net jets or whatever the, the, those groups are that do that. Because I think I'd be fine with that. Then again, I haven't been in enough Gulf Streams to know if I need, really need a Gulf Stream. I need a Gulf Stream 5. Is it a five? Is there a six? I don't, I don't even know. I, I have so much to learn. I have so much to learn when I don't win uh, the Mega Millions. The odds of winning are one in 302.5 million. So, you know, there's that going on. But I will play, just like many will. Our economic situation is problematic and getting worse. No, not problematic. It's bad and getting worse. And the White House is aggressively trying to tell you that it isn't anything and is aggressively trying to maneuver and mix. You heard it there from the CNN piece. Two different definitions. You're going with another definition of recession. It doesn't have another definition. The economy's in bad shape and the Biden administration wants to lie to you about it. That's the story. And they've got a lot of help in a lot of media to try and have them push a narrative. My advice, don't let them. I'm Tony Katz. Catherine Herridge is reporting on Hunter Biden. Now, Catherine Herridge... Long time with Fox News, now with CBS. I think one of the greatest losses Fox has ever, ever had. Remind me, I got to talk about Chris Cuomo going to News Nation. And is is this is this a good move for News Nation? I mean, I do I do you know commentary stuff with them, but Chris Cuomo. I, I'll get into it later. 
Remind me. Someone remind me. I got to get into it later. But Catherine Herridge sharing a letter that went to Merrick Garland, the attorney general, and to Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, from Chuck Grassley, senator from Iowa. But the senator from Iowa is stating that he has received communications from highly credible whistleblowers that the FBI is engaged in covering up crimes by Hunter Biden to try and prevent prosecution of him. This is a huge allegation. Huge. September of 2020, investigators from the same FBI headquarters team were in communications with FBI agents responsible for the Hunter Biden information targeted uh, by an assessment, and the FBI HQ's team investigators placed their findings with respect to whether reporting was disinformation in a restricted access subfile revealable only by the particular agents responsible for uncovering specific information. It's problematic because it doesn't allow for proper oversight and opens the door to improper influence. In October of 2020, an avenue of additional derogatory Hunter Biden reporting was ordered closed at the direction of the special agent in charge. Grassley saying, my office has been made aware that the FBI agents responsible for this information were interviewed by FBI HQ teams in furtherance of the assessment. It's been alleged that the FBI HQ team suggested to the FBI agents that the information was at risk of disinformation. Yet all the reporting was actually verified or verifiable via criminal search warrants. So did FBI agents tell others, hey, if you talk about this, that's disinformation. You can get in a whole lot of trouble, even though it's verified information. Hunter Biden is a criminal as I see it. Hunter Biden, his engagement with China, his engagement with Ukraine, his engagement clearly with his father, a tremendous number of of shady dealings. This isn't a conversation about him being a drug abuser or anything else. This is about him as a shady guy involved in shady activities, criminal activities for which you and I would be prosecuted. There is more to engage a prosecution or investigation of, of, I should say at least say at least an investigation, certainly a prosecution of Hunter Biden than there is of Donald Trump. And there's all this talk about how you might see uh, the Attorney General, the Department of Justice, prosecute Trump for January 6th. I don't know what exactly you believe the crime is. But in Hunter Biden, we have connection, we have story, we have money movement, we have influence, we have his father who was the vice president and is now president. That's worthy of our time and attention. And what Grassley is stating here is that the FBI is involved in not sharing information or in covering up information. And Grassley wants to do an independent review. He wants an answer no later than August 8th. He wants the records. He wants everything. I have no idea if he's going to get it. No idea if he's going to get it. But that Herridge is on the story. Well, my faith in Herridge is, is very, very serious. That's very, I, I, I trust her, I, I believe in her, 
I take her seriously. I always have. So what does this mean? Where does this go? Something we're going to follow. But the people who believe that Hunter Biden isn't a story, well, this is what happens when an entire media apparatchik refuses to pay attention to a story. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to share it. They don't want to engage it. I am not interested in whether it makes Joe Biden look good or not. I don't care. What did Hunter Biden do? How does it connect to the presidency? What level of danger did he put the country in? What criminal acts were, were, were done? You seem to have a lot of information. Does it warrant a prosecution, yes or no? And if the FBI is involved in not prosecuting and saying if you engage, you're, it's disinformation and we're going to call it disinformation on you, well, then what's the purpose of the FBI? It's more of this whole conversation of, dear Lord, that really are these two Americas. I don't want to live that way. Meanwhile, I talked about China, not how they shouldn't be able to own land in the United States. Chuck DeVore was writing about the same things. I talked to him next. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. When Russia invaded Ukraine, I said two things. Number one... I said, I don't want to see Ukraine fall. I believe in supporting them. I said, number two, that there should be no ground troops whatsoever. This is Ukraine's fight to have. And as Vladimir Zelensky kept talking, I said, I don't like the comparisons to Winston Churchill. I don't think calling him Churchillian is the right thing to do. There's no doubt that he stayed, that he fought, and it motivated Ukrainians. I think we've that's been a proven bit of fact. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Guys, good to be with you. But when he has spoken to the United States, when he has spoken to Canada, when he has spoken to Israel, I thought he was, and I said it right here on the air, it was a little too over the top, a little too pandering. This doesn't work. I argue and argued that we're better off with Russia getting punched in the face repeatedly. I never argued for troops, and I'm not about to. When the last bits of dollars started going to Ukraine, I asked out loud, exactly how long does the spending go on? Support does not involve an unlimited checkbook. And I am only interested in keeping Russia on the ropes. If we could figure out how it benefits us and how it could destabilize others. Russia being weak in order for China to take it over and Russia to become a vassal state is a serious issue. For what did we waste our money if that's the plan? So, I support Ukraine being able to live their lives. I recognize that they're not a perfect nation by any stretch of the imagination, but they don't deserve this. They want to buy weapons from us, let them buy weapons from us. Why the hell are we getting in the way of MiGs going their way from Poland? The MiGs can't fly. That's their problem. I don't know why we're in the damn way. There's only so much money that can be given because there's only so much money. But maybe giving the money is better than other things. We discussed it all. And then you note the cover of Vogue magazine. Vogue magazine has a series of photos of Vladimir Zelensky and his wife, who was recently in uh, the U.S. It's a, it's, a, it's a photo shoot. They did a photo shoot 
for Vogue, where they're kind of like cuddled up next to each other. Uh, it, 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 she's a, a little bit like looking like a fashionista. Um, there is a marketing going on here that is disconnected from people dying in the streets, from Donetsk and Luhansk being taken, from the absolute destruction that has taken place on the coasts of, for example, the the Black Sea, what took place in Mariupol. There's a massive disconnect here. Someone advised Vladimir Zelensky that this photo shoot was a good idea. This photo shoot was not a good idea. We are a long way from trying to recreate the days of Camelot, of JFK and Jackie. Yet somehow Vogue thinks we should rebuild this. This is what you had the time to take photos of. He had time to do these photos. Getting your picture taken so people remember you're fighting is one thing. Getting your picture taken in a loving embrace with your wife in an opulent spot while other people are still mourning the death of their wives? Bad look. This is going to turn public sentiment in the U.S. against Ukraine and against this war and to forget about it. Watch. That's my take. I'm Tony Katz.